Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, entering the month of June, the sixth month of 2021. We're so happy to have you all here. I am Illegal86, one of your three stalwart hosts, and I am, of course, joined by the ever so lovely summer version of Nerd Bomber. Oh, hello. I'm so sunshiny and summery. Yeah, I feel like it's the same as the regular version, but <laughs> still sweatpants. Um, ask our we'll ask our classic nerd bomber pre-show question are you feeling it today because you've been feeling it so many episodes recently i want to i want to to what degree are you feeling it like give me a scale of one to ten i'm feeling it mr krabs wow that sounds like a everybody just calm down (laughs) eight and eight at least but i don't i guess i don't need any more specificity than that tactics here too tactic you're you know what you're also lovely and you're also the summer version of you we're all the summer versions of ourselves it's got me all blushing um where in my neck of the wood, it was actually 50 degrees out today, like 55, 56. Yeah, that was it was the worst. cold where we Yeah, I was too. nervous about my jalapenos. How are they? Are they, are they hanging in there? <sighs> the ones in the ground are doing all right. I still have ones that are, are in pots and the soil couldn't maintain as warm. So they're, they're looking like they're struggling. I don't know if this story has been told on the air. If it was, it was in a secret segment probably. One time... Guys, I have been to Nerd Bomber and Tectic's house. Okay, that's like, we don't just, we've met before physically in person. And one time I went over there, I think it was during the summer. It, it was certainly warm enough to grow grow peppers in the backyard. And Tectic, me and him were, were kind of inspecting the plants. And I was doing it in such a way that I don't know anything about plants. I was like, yeah, they look good. And he was like, here, try one of these peppers. And I was like, is it hot? And he said, no, it's not hot. And then I took a bite. <laughs> And guess what? And you're not going to believe what happened. They come running in the house like, do you have milk? And as I've said multiple times, I'm lactose intolerant. We do not have milk in this house. And and for what it's worth, it was one of those kind of like standoff situations. I waited for him to take it because Tactic, I think you also took a bite. I was like waiting to see if you would take a bite. Yeah. You kind of like, you know, you baited me by also maybe causing, I mean, it didn't seem to affect you as much, but I'm the guy that, that spends six months getting immune to poison and then says, here, drink this. It's not poison. Right. That's pretty much what happened. So this is all to say that, uh, if you ever show me any more pepper plants, like if it's a jalapeno plant, if it's anything, I'm never going to trust you, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Hopefully the jalapenos hang in there during these, these colder times. Hopefully these colder times are, are coming to an end hopefully by the time this episode actually airs it'll be super sunny super warm but also there's a gentle breeze it's kind of like you know kissing your face can you feel just that little bit of cool that makes everything pleasant hopefully you're outside listening to this hopefully it's a beautiful day we have a lot of not really outdoorsy things to talk about today though so we're going to be talking about marvel's eternals of course that big trailer dropped this week we're going to kind of dig into that a little bit we're going to talk about the tomorrow war another big trailer that dropped this week that's an amazon property chris pratt kind of headlining that and then we're going to have ourselves a little kind of a mini e3 and i think we're actually going to lead off with that because there's four games that have had kind of i guess three games one kind of game franchise they've had some kind of high profile drops this week there's of course horizon zero dawn forbidden west dying light 2 which has a subtitle that i can't I think it's like still human. Stay human, human, I think. Stay human. We have Far Cry 6. And then we have kind of this like Sonic. It was just like Sonic's 30th anniversary is coming up. So that like the Sega folks, the Sonic people were like, we're going to talk to you a lot about a lot of things that are happening with Sonic. 
So let's, let's kind of dive into those gaming topics and kind of like have our little mini E3 right now. And let's start with Sonic because this was the longest video of all of the things. Eh, Horizon Zero Dawn was similar, but this is, they covered a lot of ground in this video. This was essentially the, the, the people in charge of Sonic were saying, here's all the ways that Sonic is going to potentially affect your life this year, basically. And, you know, 12 and a half minutes long or so. And at my experience watching this was at minute two or three, I sent a message to Nerd Bomber and Tactic saying, this is not good. It, it, it changed after that. But like the first two to three minutes of this video were like... It was a lot of fluff. Hey, it was like Sonic showing up in places you don't expect. Like, you know this other game that like has a whole, like, a whole other thing going on? We're going to just like add Sonic as a playable character for, for kind of no reason. But like, wait, there's, there's more. You can get your very own Sonic bling. Well, yeah, well, that's, that was actually late, much later in the video. There's also merchandising stuff. But like one example was they're making a, a game for the Tokyo Olympics and which I incidentally, I'm not even sure if the Tokyo Olympics are going to happen this year, but they made the game already. I'm guessing is what happened. So it's coming out and you know, you compete in a bunch of Olympic events and this like big reveal at the top of this video was you can play as a kind of humanoid version of Sonic. You're basically Sonic in a mascot costume. Yeah. You look like if, if the Sonics were a team, this would be their mascot and you're running down you're like doing the 400 meters in like track and you're running with a bunch of guys and then it's just sonic in a big blue costume it looked ridiculous and <laughs> really that was and that was around the time i was like what am i even what am i watching there was like they were talking about there was this other game it was like hospital simulator or something i got the name wrong there, two point hospital like, yeah. two point hospital and you can just like be there's like so, you can like you can buy certain sonic things and sonics are kind of like walking around so but then we got to what started to become major announcements we got past all the two-point hospital and the and the tokyo olympic stuff and we got to sonic is it sonic colors ultimate i think is what the full title is Mm -hmm. and this looks like you know watching this i don't know if it was really a trailer i guess it kind of was it was kind of just like a, a sizzle reel this is more and i'm not a big sonic fan but this is more what i think of when i think of sonic it was kind of platforming kind of you know it reminded me of sonic adventures 2 and you know that kind of thing and I was I was into that, you know. Will I buy it? Probably not at this point. I feel like I've kind of gotten off the Sonic bus, but that was a good that was a good reveal. Looked a lot like almost like a Sonic racing game, and I haven't really played many of the 3D Sonics. I know you guys definitely have, but like I kind of hopped off the Sonic train during the 2D era. I think the only modern Sonic games that I've played are like Team Sonic Racing and stuff like that. So for right. me, this looked a lot almost like almost like a racing game and in some aspects they added like platforming stuff, but that looked really cool to me. Like I'm into it. I'm rediscovering my love for like the cutesy 3D platformer. I'm all here. Cuz I think, you know, Sonic Adventures too. I think a lot of it was like you have to get from point A to point B as fast as you can and along the way you can do kind of like platformy stuff and like find shortcuts and do and get a bunch of rings and do certain things but this looked like that which if you're going to be a, a you know if there's going to be any reveal in this 12 minute video like that's what i was waiting to see and i i did eventually see it just to you know so i'm glad you re-minus. brought up sonic adventure 2 because that was my all-time favorite game and i was actually hoping that one of the things that they announced is it be remastered was, for the ps5 yeah. I was hoping for like Sonic Adventures 3 or yes. Yeah, a remaster because they're remastering. Another thing they announced was 
a lot of the 2D, they're not remastering them, but they're bringing the, all the 2D ones. All the ones I don't care about. <laughs> to, to like, people can the play them on games? PS5 or anything. I, I I'm telling you, Sonic Adventure 2 was my all-time favorite, period. The the originals what got me to to that point, but, like, man, that was good. That was, that was the pinnacle yeah. of Sonic. And the other thing is to consider is it's not like I stopped playing after that game. Is My most recent play was Sonic Forces, and they had a lot of additions to that game in this announcement. But yeah. Sonic Forces, and I played that on the Switch. So this was actually pretty recently. It just didn't have that same secret sauce. The The buttons didn't seem as intuitive. The additions of like a gun and things like that, I just didn't like. They tried doing weird stuff like that in the past, and I didn't like it then. I like the the formula that was done in Sonic Adventure Battle 2, and that's what I'm hoping to see at the end of that whole thing. They released this other kind of quick trailer of a game Super coming out in 2022. And yeah. by gosh, I hope that that's Sonic Adventure 3. It almost looked to me, that short little teaser, and maybe I'm totally off base, but the art style of that Sonic almost reminded me of... It was what, more movie-ish. Yeah, it was like very movie, movie-esque at least. And I'm hoping for maybe some kind of like movie tie-in where it's a very but cinematic experience. And like, I wouldn't hate that. I think that could be really fun. And knowing how big the movie ended up being, I feel like they're going to throw a lot of effort into that game. So yeah. hopefully we don't get like a, another shoddy, no offense to all of the other Sonic 3D games that came out recently, but like... It could be a really fun game if they put a lot of effort into it. I don't think it's going to be the movie. I, I still think it's going to be what I said it's going to be. And the reason why I think that is because cutscenes. What made that game so good was the touching cutscenes. I still, to this day, remember the, the scene at the end of the game where Shadow looks back and he says, Sayonara, Sonic the Hedgehog, and then walks away. I'm just like, oh my God, he's so cool. He's well, so cool. For me, and have we all seen the Sonic movie at this point? Illegal. No, I, can't I, still remember. I, I still haven't. It's on Hulu. You definitely should watch it. it I mean, it's cute. Eh, it's it's a I'll, good, I'll get to it. fun family movie, and it's free now. I actually, I loved the Sonic movie. I didn't expect to, but I absolutely did. And there is a scene, because in the movie, Sonic comes to Earth, and he's originally from a different like dimension or wow, universe spoilers. or something. It, I I'm mean, they, they show you that right in the beginning. Yeah, I'm, I'm and the rings are actually like these dimensional transportation portals right and that's why he has to collect all the rings and i believe at the beginning of the movie they show like his original universe where he was born in baby sonic he was being chased through the jungle or something like that and that's what the teaser reminded me of so i'm still i'm sticking with my guns here i will bet money that this is some kind of like movie backstory tie-in thing I'm I'm with Nerd Bomber on this one. They're gonna put seeing how su- successful the movie was. They're gonna put all their eggs in that basket. I can almost guarantee it. I'm not saying I want that, but I'm I would that would be my guess as well. We got a smattering of other things in this long video. We got a, a lot of add-ons to existing games. They're mobile games. A lot of like seasonal content coming out around Halloween, things like that. There was the Super Sonic that seemed like it was just taken from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's like basically Sonic going Super Saiyan. Super Sonic's not new it. new by the way. It's been forever it was oh. i think part of one of the 2d games if i remember right it was also in sonic adventure <laughs> shows how little i know and also how little i remember of sonic adventure 2 but anyways uh we have to move on to the other we have to kind of well, hit our there's our one more thing i want to mention in this in the sonic and that's sonic prime 
that is something that I am very excited for because the creators of shows like Ben 10 are working on it. And I was absolutely hooked to Ben 10. I thought the show was great. I thought it, it had great developing characters. And I'm excited to see what they do with this new show. Yeah, coming, I believe, to Netflix, 24 episodes, they said. So, yeah, that should be also be, I, I think, again, I think it's going to be something that they put a lot of their eggs into that basket. They think that Sonic could be a TV movie force. So let's see if that happens. I want to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West because I feel like I had a lot of touch points here in that I, I'm... I'm playing Zero Dawn in the sense that I haven't quit playing it yet, but I also haven't played it in a while. <laughs> but I, I, I have I have a lot of recency kind of going through the game. So I this was a, essentially the state of play. It was an extended playthrough, and the graphics are unbelievable, first of all. It was basically and, and like eye candy. I don't know if I've seen a game that's looked this good. Probably there's some PC game out there, but like in terms of what I play on consoles, because I am not on pc often like this was the prettiest graphics i think i've seen ever and and you know this is a state of play they're putting their best foot forward they're showing you their most impressive graphical sequences she's diving underwater on the west coast into like these you know in this post apocalyptic whatever it is time there's these vibrant coral reefs teeming with wildlife and her hair the way her hair floats in the water and you know the way the 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 wind blows the grass and the way the I can't think what they called the elephant. It was some really funny name. It was like a thunder, it was thunder, like thunder stomp or something thund, like thunder, that. Thunder tusk or something like that. And the way that was destroying, you know, ruins was just unbelievable. There, you know, the gameplay looks sharp. It looks pretty similar overall to Horizon Zero Dawn, but they've added some things. They've added that little like parachute thing that she's using. I don't know why little... I got so excited for the parachute thing, but I absolutely did. I don't know why. Can we talk about the movement dynamic with that? The way that you can quickly identify all the scalable features, jump up on them, climb, 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 and then parachute. I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. And they also added the zip line kind of thing. They're, they're, they're clearly trying to expand the game vertically is, I think, what you see with that parachute with that, like, I guess, I don't know if you call it a zip line, like a grappling hook. You guys know what I'm talking about, where she mm-hmm. kind of zips to anchor points. You know, you get, you, you saw some of the stealth combat which that's how I like to play the game. You know, it just, it you, you saw some of the cinematics. It just looks really, really sharp. And when you juxtapose that with the rest of the games we're going to talk about, you know, specifically with like Dying Light 2, it's like, it it's looks not even next close. gen. It it's really does. Close. Like if you put them in a lineup and you were like, pick the game that's running on yeah. the best hardware with the, the latest equipment, like Horizon Zero Dawn would be the absolute outlier. Like it looks so much yeah. better than I think. And I, I know I said this, but like any other game that I've seen this generation or last, it just looks incredible on these consoles. Yeah, they've they've redesigned the heads up display a little bit too, which I feel really no particular way about that. Just something else I wanted to mention. It it looks like you're going to be maybe getting some new ammunition types, although maybe I just haven't gotten far enough in the first game to know maybe those types exist in the first game too. I wouldn't know. But all in all, it looks really, really sharp. And that's not trying to throw shade at Dying Light or Far Cry 6, but it just, that was the one that stuck out to me. And of course, we also got 12 and a half minutes of it, of just, like I said, them kind of putting their best foot forward. But we can talk about, I, I've never played Dying Light. I know the gist of it. It seems like it's pretty much just a, you know, zombie outbreak or yeah post your your roof running and you're in there's zombies this looked fine 
I I feel like there was a, there was some story stuff that was wound up in the trailer that I just completely didn't understand. Like in terms of like, I imagine a lot of the characters that we saw, I was supposed to know who they were, and I didn't. But I don't it think so. I know fine. Tactic. You like dabbled in Dying Light a little bit when it came out the first game, and I watched some of it. I we own it. I never really got into playing it myself. But I think Dying Light Two. You're supposed to have like a blank slate where it's completely new characters, and I want to say the story is a little bit different. Or a lot of a lot of the stuff they presented in the trailer was like, you can influence, like you can pick factions, you can influence the world and what's going to happen in the story based on your decisions. And I think, and Tactic, you may want to correct me if I'm wrong here, but the original Die in Light, like there were some some of those dynamics, but really it was a little bit more of a straightforward game. Like it was more of a linear tale. I'm going to be honest, when I dabbled in that, I felt completely lost. And <laughs> <laughs> it well, just... I could not figure out. I, I was terrible at it, and and I'm hoping that this, the abilities they give you, and and the the sequencing of events will sort of give me more guidance than what I had in the first one. It looks like there's a lot of potential for like for double crosses, and like you said, like kind of the, there's these factions that you have to work within or in between, you know. Which I I do think that it's it seems like what they're focusing on, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like what they're focusing on is societal you know tensions in the midst of a zombie pandemic right where we, we usually in zombie games we would be the agricultural faction correct i would be i don't really i haven't given it much thought honestly that sounds fine to me would you or would I mean, you be I'm a no, criminal a looter i'm not those the only two options to be like a big bad jerk butt i feel like i would be the person who would probably not be trusting but i would try to have like a small out of the way out of the public eye little peaceful society of like five people who grow crops that would be me i i, I would want to know what the options are if the options are agriculture or criminal i'm going to choose agriculture <laughs> that's kind of a loaded question but there ain't no laws like, in the zombie world i feel like there might be at least one other option besides those two and i'm Cannibal, not saying i go I wouldn't pick Gamble either. But I, I like the fact that this game looks like maybe focusing on, okay, the people who aren't zombies. Because usually zombie games, you're just running around killing zombies. And, you know, The Last of Us also kind of dabbles in like, okay, you're not just killing zombies. You're also, you know, it's person versus person a lot of the time. There's vaguely like political within, you know, refugee settlements. There's things going on. And it's just, it's very interesting. So I could, I've never played Dying Light. This looked fine. I watched it right after Horizon Zero Dawn. So it kind of had that going against it, to be honest yeah, with you. We did the same thing. We we kind of like queued up all of the videos because all of these showcases too happened on Thursday. I think the, was it the 27th? 27th, and yeah. Back to back to back. I think Sonic day. and Dying Light definitely kind of did themselves a disservice trying to go against Horizon. That was, that was tough. Well, and then there's and then there's Far Cry Six. Now, I I have to say, Far Cry Six, again, graphically not even close, but I like what they were doing here. It I, was I, fun. Yeah, you know, they're going with this. And Far Cry seems like a weird franchise where it's, it's I guess it's kind of like Call of Duty now, where every game is just totally different. I, I want to say, single like, one. I think but. the original, like the first two or three, weren't they all interlinked? Like they had the same characters. I never played a single Far Cry game. Actually, you were on an lot. island. I played Far Cry Primal, but that was completely different because you were like yeah. a caveman. So I don't count that. I know that at least the first two, you were on the same island, I think. But then they kind of started getting getting frisky with it. This is your, you're a guerrilla. You're, I guess, um, 
a Mexican resistance fighter is what I, I kind of took away from it. But it, this, the way this trailer was structured, I was a particular fan of because it kind of went through these, the rules of being a good guerrilla is there's these rules and this guy's taking you through them. And in doing so, he's describing to you what you can do within the game. And it's not just fighting necessarily, but it's also like crafting. Did you see that the gun that was made out of a CD player that was playing the CD right before? Yeah, like, that was I literally, that was I insane. paused the trailer and I looked at Tactic and I was like, this is great. I love this. Yeah. The trailer for me did exactly everything that it should do. And that is, while I was watching that, I was thinking, oh, I would, I'd be a great Guer- guerrilla. Guerrilla. I'd be a great there's guerrilla. There's two R's. Yeah, there's I would. two R's that you could, and, you're supposed to roll. And I'm not even talking about in the video game. I'm talking in real life. I think I would do a fantastic job. Because you'd be a good crafter. Because it looks like a lot of this is based on you can build guns and outfit vehicles, you know, with, with things. And that's a big part of it. Specifically, I looked at Nerd Bomber and said, I'd be a fantastic spy. And they had the the backpack that was like, you can like launch, I don't know, grenades let, out of it or something. Let me tell you guys something. There's a lot of things that I have tried to create that the the legal and the team... the grenade backpack is one of them. <laughs> the legal team over at Online Warriors has said, do not make a Tinkering with Tactic video of that. And I said, okay. And I'm not going to expand. Legal team is working overtime here at, <laughs> at Online Warriors Incorporated. Those guys are overworked and underpaid. But yeah, this looks super fun. I mean, it's, you know, this thing starts with like someone getting mauled by a crocodile. How could it not be fun? It looks just kind of cartoony. You know, I'll, I don't want to say Borderlands-y because Borderlands has its own thing going on. But it's just, it's very like unbridled enthusiasm, unbridled carnage. Just, we know what we are at this point and we're going to deliver that in the most memorable way possible. I think they, I think they do that in spades. So I think this concludes the mini E3. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Any of those games that you saw the footage on, you want to comment more, or you want to take issue with anything that we said, at Online Warriors One is our main show account at OW Tactic at OW Nerd Bomber at OW Lady Six. Those are our individual handles. Go hit us up there. Talk to us about these games and anything else we should get to in this episode. And now let's transition to I feel like we should save the Eternals for after the break. Let's talk about Tomorrow War. This is an Amazon film starring Chris Pratt that I believe is coming out this summer. I think this is the first trailer we've gotten for it. It packed a lot in. Now, I want to make one thing abundantly clear off the top before I kind of give out, give out my spiel here. This is coming out July 23rd. I like Chris Pratt. I think he's fine. He is a bad actor. <laughs> like He's better he, in comedy than he is yeah, in action, he, and they're trying to I mean, make yeah. him an action hero. And they That's have the better way to put he it. got jacked. He does not belong. Like there, there are certain action comedy like Peter Quill. He's great. He's that's a good role for him. Obviously, his more comedic stuff like Andy Dwyer, Parks Rec, also great. Jurassic Park. He was a little hammy, and they just took that factor. And for this movie, they're cranking it up as far as the knob goes. They're basically and trying to make an alt Ryan Reynolds. It, it, it does feel a little bit ryan reynolds though because ryan reynolds is he does the same thing where he toes the action comedy line but ryan reynolds is perfect people know i i, I, <laughs> I think down. people just have a better sense of how to write for ryan reynolds or maybe he's more selective with his projects or something this is not a good role for chris pratt to be in i think the movie itself looks very interesting i think the special effects look really cool i think the premise is great i there were a couple of lines in the trailer that i i visibly cringed because they were the writing was not 
great, <laughs> I didn't think. Well, I think the problem with this is that it seems like it should be a more serious movie. Like you have people like Yvonne Strahovski's character who seems like very serious, like this is a very important war and we need to do this to save the future of the human race. And then you have Chris Pratt making like one-liners. And it's just a it's weird juxtaposition of, is this supposed to be a serious action movie or is this supposed to be like one we kind of chuckle at? Ha ha. Like, what is this? I don't think it's even that. I think it's just like the whole like, I don't know, the whole like, are you, dad, you to go fight the war? Yeah, honey, I got drafted so you wouldn't have to. It's just like, I don't know. It's all, it's just, I get, I think I get what they're going for. What they're going for is, you know, I think they used to make movies like this and they used to they used to hit so well you know I, I think like especially back in like the will smith days of like the mid to late 2000s if this movie came out and it starred will smith it would have it would have brought the box office down but we might be past this and also chris pratt cannot do it that was like those were the two things that i was thinking repeatedly as i watched this but you know i don't I like, know if i feel so strongly that he can't do it i like I think that this has enough of a good cast behind it. Like, okay, we all know I'm like the world's biggest. You just like Yvonne Strahovski. I do. Okay, but J.K. Simmons is also in this, and so is Betty Gilpin. And I like all of those actors. And I think if you, what we're seeing in this trailer is the bits of Chris Pratt that they think people want to see. But we don't know what the actual full movie is going to be like. We don't know. Why did I not? Let me blow your guys' minds. It's a modern day Starship Troopers. Never saw it. Here's the premise. Everyone goes to war to fight a bunch of bug-like aliens. Do they go do they travel into the future? There was no time travel. But it's kind of the same, let's go get them. You you had said that they used to make movies like this and that's exactly it. They made a movie like this. It was Starship Troopers. That that's the other thing too. The the time travel element so okay the premise is and to be clear i like the premise but the premise is humans traveled back in time to get other humans to come and fight a war it there's Against a paradox aliens no i i know that there's a paradox a temporal paradox crawling around in there somewhere but at the, even disregarding that if you are humans and you have uncovered the ways and means of time travel wouldn't the humans from after the war travel back and say you can win the war here's how you do it well that's the thing i think the reason why they're trying they haven't won yet but they haven't won yet right they're saying we need you to win i think i think the premise is that they think that without doing this they know that the war is going to lose and again this is the one thing that i don't really like in time travel there's so many different ways they can explain this stuff away like is it that if you go back in time and you change the past, it doesn't impact the future because there's that theory of time travel? Or is it one of the time travel methods where if you go back in time and you change stuff around, then that will impact right. your future? Because technically they could say then, hey, you know, people from the future came back and told us that, you know, we're already going to right. lose. So, so now we, so we, now we have to go back. It. Right. Right. So now we have to go back. But like, like I said, I would just think that if I was in the situation where I was fighting the war and like no humans from 20 years in the future had come back and said, we win, here's how you win. I'd be like, we lost. Cause otherwise we would have come back and told ourselves how to win. You know what I mean? Time travel stupid. Well, it's what like, I think, I- what I think the movie is going to do, and 
I really hope I'm right because this is the only way I think it can redeem itself. Is I think they don't know what the what the aliens' weakness are, and then somehow, some way, Chris Pratt is going to be like, "Oh my God, it's water or some some yeah. stupid right." <laughs> oh, signs. But then he's going to use his like wristy a... his wristy thing to go back in time and go, "Guys, it's water," and then they're going to go, "Oh yeah, okay, my bad," and they're going to do it. Maybe I don't know. It reminds I will me a little say... bit of Edge of Tomorrow, which was a great movie, by the way, fantastic movie. That's not time travel; that's time looping, but. He winds up like, yeah, that's kind of what happens in that movie. This movie has to be, at least there's a certain standard here because the background of this movie is before it was slated for Amazon Prime release, this was actually supposed to be a movie released in theaters in 2020. Like this was a fully funded Paramount production. And the only reason it didn't hit theaters was because of COVID. So Amazon bought the rights to it because they didn't know when theaters were going to reopen and Paramount just, you know, took took a gamble and they didn't want to lose money on it. So like at one point, this was supposed to be a big theatrical release. I like to think, and I know we've seen theatrical releases that like they don't explain these things thoroughly and they suck, but I'd like to think that there was some thought, especially when you look at how big this cast is. I don't know. To me, it looks like a fun summer blockbuster that doesn't feel the need to do what you're saying it needs to do, which is explain stuff. I think, and it does, you know, it doesn't surprise me to hear that, and it's going to have high production value. It was originally slated for a, a tentpole summer release. But like, you know what else was? Was like Skyscraper. Like that was kind of like a, a big summer blockbuster thing. And that movie was the dumbest movie on earth. And I, I saw it. I think like, I think this movie might, f- I don't know if it's going for that niche. I think it's probably going for a little bit more of a broad audience than that. But I don't, I don't know if they're going to feel the need to like be rigid about their, their time travel rules or explain anything. I think they're just going to be like, let's all go have fun and watch Chris Pratt kill snailians and like, like Tactic said, figure out that they can't handle water or something. Which and incidentally, you know isn't that how War of the Worlds... What, what movie? Signs. Oh, uh, the Signs. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Sorry, spoilers. Which, come on, aliens. Come on. Like, yeah. I, You're going to attack a planet. Don't pick the planet that is 90% what the thing that you can't survive against is. Well, I think the thing that confused me about science, and now we're getting into a little bit of a a divergent topic here. That's okay. And this is kind of a spoiler. If you haven't seen science, I mean, come on, what are you doing? It's It's a a, really old movie. It's an absolutely, it's a fabulous movie. You should go watch it before we spoil you more. Just pause the podcast right now. If you, if you haven't seen science, skip ahead like 30 seconds, because as of now, I'm going to spoil the ending in science. You know, the alien. They were dead the whole time. No, in aliens, they the aliens have been around for like a while. You know, when they they get to Mel Gibson's house, his family farm. You know, it's not like that's the first right. time they encountered water. Most of our planet is ocean. You would think one of the aliens would be like, "Oh, hey guys, we're all dying when we step into this this liquid. We should probably head out here. Most of this planet is made of." Well, this. but they they might have been like the humans will never figure out that we can't handle water. They're just going to freak out, and we did for the most part for a while. But, like, why would you try to take over a planet where most of the planet you cannot, like, occupy? Or every time I mean, it they, rains. Like, they probably they had they to have got had a, encountered a rainy day. All of a sudden, they're just melting because oh, the sky geez. opens up. Like, come on. Well, they they probably got there and brought their entire alien army. And then, like, one of their one of their alien soldiers got off the ship and fell and, like, stepped in a puddle and died. And they were like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> this, this could be an issue. And then it's kind of... You it said H2O. There, I thought you said H2SO4. Ah. Right. 
but they were already committed they've committed all their forces so they don't want to look bad they have to just they have to just deal with it at that point they're just like we'll figure it out i don't know i'm not an alien i don't really know what their thought process <laughs> was but tomorrow war comes out july 23rd 2021 i thought it was july Prime. 2nd digitally released july 2nd 2021 i don't google was just wrong darn you google yeah so it was okay, scheduled for july 23rd it got moved up so it's yeah july 2nd sorry july 2nd we're gonna take a short break now before we come back to talk about eternals but before we do that we would be remiss if we did not shout out our fantastic patreon producers mr stephen keller mr ben checkness take a bow stephen was here last week ben will be here very soon i believe on the schedule to do his guest spot as is the right uh as it stands currently for our patreon producers that is just one of their perks they also get this shout out in every episode they get input into our weekly game segment which this week is being hosted by nerd bomber i do plan on winning and ben and steven get these things as a result of their support of the show at the night level which is one of our three patreon support levels we also have a squire level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and the page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment we also have secret segment and vlog uh, availability for the night level at the top of course as well for more of the details on all of this stuff you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details thanks again to ben and steven we're going to take a quick break to shout out a sponsor and we'll be right back to talk about marvel's eternals today's episode is brought to you by bruce Brush is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, the Brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist, a fresh whole mouth clean, every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. That's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code P-O-D-1-5 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Thanks again to Bruce for sponsoring this episode. And now back to the episode. Okay. Marvel's Eternals. We got the first trailer for this this week. This is the one that's been kind of teased for a while. Angelina Jolie and a bunch of other people are in this. I don't know what what's happening. I don't, I don't know how we got here. I don't know. Like, this trailer was such an interesting mix of it was a long trailer it was like two and a half minutes at least i think a lot of famous people kumail nanjiani looking ripped richard madden from game of thrones kit harrington also from game of thrones angeline jolie i mentioned it just i don't know what they seem like they're gods is that is yeah basically what's happening so 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 they're coming to i don't even know where we are in time and space because at one point they referenced the fact that Steve Rogers is gone, so the, the Avengers needs a new head. So presumably they're present day, but it doesn't look like they're... Are they on Earth? That big like rock ship thing shows up. Richard Madden's looking out the window, looking fine as hell, by the way. Richard Madden's one of the most attractive men to me, just in the world. That's You need to hear him there. But they're doing this whooshy hand thing where these gold things are coming out of their hands, and... It seems like they're these arbiters that only intervene when things get really bad. It's kind of the premise, right? They basically said, we haven't intervened until now. You would think they would intervene, you know, around Thanos time. So whatever's after Thanos must be really bad. That's, I guess, kind of the implication here. But 
Tacta, can you shed an... I, I hate to lean on you repeatedly for comic stuff, but can you shed any light here on what's what the so, deal is? First and foremost, the Eternals are a group of beings that are sort of... have been around forever, just protecting they've Earth. Been, they've been eternal. And just kind of watching. They're immortal. They're, they have super strength. They can fly. They can teleport. They have a bunch of other abilities. And from what I've read, the main thing that sort of drives them to intervene is a battle like battles against the the quote-unquote deviants which is their evil counterparts and so that's that's who i theorize is going to be the bad guys in this they're i mean like i said they're they're these indestructible beings you can't even you can't even drown them because they can allegedly absorb the oxygen from the from the water to breathe while you're trying to submerge their their head underwater well at one point one of them one of them makes water there's a lot of abilities like I, my favorite one was the speed reader. <laughs> I was like, that's an interesting superpower. <laughs> but you, you, that, it does raise the question, right? They're introducing all of these heroes and it makes you think what, who, what, what or who could possibly, you know, do them in, right? Yeah. And now, then the only one is the deviants. But even even then there's, in, in, in various different comic books, there's, they go as far as even if you scattered their molecules about, they can still be, you know, brought back. Reassimilated, basically. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> I, I struggle with introducing heroes like this because they're so indestructible. The it sounds like Superman, which scares the crap out of me. Right. Yeah. The, and the I know major, I know Superman died, but come on. The major plot point that that can really kind of be redeeming, I, I'm I'm guessing with them would be not so much whether or not you can kill them, but rather humanity being totally wiped out. Right. And well, I think it's more the narrative slash dramatic question is do they feel like it's important enough for them to show up? Because again, it, clearly they didn't think it was important enough to show up during this until day. now. Yeah. Like that's to me, that's like, what the heck were they doing? I hope they have a scene where they go, maybe, maybe we should pop. That would be interesting. Do we know when this is actually happening though? Like, couldn't this that's have, what I said, I don't know. Well, yeah. you know, it's post Iron Man because they had mentioned now that Iron Man's gone, Who's well, going to lead the Steve, Avengers? I think they said Steve Rogers. After Now that Steve Rogers is gone, who's going to lead the Avengers? Because Steve Rogers was always the de facto leader. And then they all, yeah, it was like a joke to them, which is like kind of a weird joke. <laughs> He's gone now. He's dead. I, I thought, now I thought, and maybe this is a spoiler. I'm almost positive. When Kamel Nanjiani was first cast, they were like, he's going to be the villain. But it looks like he's not. So I'm kind of confused is it like a turncoat situation? Maybe I don't know. I'm speculating to thin air here. I have no idea. But I was surprised to see him seemingly just kind of like on the team. Right. So when I say that a group of quote unquote deviants, the the cast that has been in that role is is vast. Um, so it's certainly possible that that he is part of that squad. He's um, an eternal who, for some reason, decides, "Nah, screw that. I'm going to be right." Right, because ultimately they're they're sort of on equal footing as far as abilities and that's what makes it a an enticing battle but i don't know i don't know who's going to turn code who's going to specifically be involved in that we just saw this heroic squad and really that's all we were given from the trailer so my concern and i've had this concern since this movie was announced and i don't really know how you get around this because in the comics they're introduced as a squad as well but there's a lot of people to introduce in a movie that probably has yeah. a two, two and a half hour runtime. I just, how do you give them all screen time that's equal enough where you feel connected to all of them? I mean, 
Right. None of these actors are really throwaway actors. For the most part, you have some really big names filling these roles. So how do you make us care enough about these characters for you to like give us some kind of also like backstory on every single one of the characters or the group as a whole, figure out a villain, an issue and resolve it all in a two, two and a half hour movie that I do not know. And it's not it's not unheard of because like Guardians of the Galaxy, they kind of did that and they succeeded. But this just this feels like a bigger undertaking. And I don't know why. I think it's it's not as even though it's a large group, I, I don't think it needs its whole backstory because they were all sort of granted their made abilities together. the same way, right? Made together yeah. in in the same fashion, so it's not like each one has its own unique backstory. The only uniqueness in their story is kind of where they've been hanging out over the last couple millennia. See, but I I'm with Nerd Bomber because you know, and yeah, you're right. Guardians of the Galaxy did it, but the most effectual MCU property. And probably the most effectual ever MCU property is going to be the Avengers and probably the first movie. And the thing there was when you have a team of heroes, they're all heroes in their own way. What's important is how they work together. That's the whole kind of morality or not morality. The moral of Avengers is they were able to work together and so they won. And if they hadn't worked together, they would have lost. You have all these people coming together and being greater than the sum of the parts, but you need to know the parts. And we got whole movies to introduce those characters before Avengers happened. And if we don't get that with the Eternals, I'm, I'm, I share your skepticism, Nerd Bomber. I don't know. And especially considering how powerful they are. But once you do one backstory, how do you really like, how do you repeat that with that, that group knowing that it's going to be the same? But they all obviously like you've seen, they, they have personalities. All kind of, like, they all went off and did different things with their eternal life. You know, you see little snippets of, what they were doing for all of this time when they weren't intervening, like their little hobbies and whatnot. Like what were these people doing? And why did well, they not, and, like, like you yeah. said, why did they not show up during all of the other could, Avengers issues? I don't think I could fill other movies with watching a guy build Legos or whatever they do, whatever they're into. But they have personalities that are forged from some kind of individual experience. I get what you're saying is that they have this collective shared experience and that's the most important one, but there's gotta be more to it. To, to me I, to me that's not the big, the biggest issue is how powerful they are that's a tough narrative thing it's a tough dramatic thing we've seen that with superman again i hate to use that example but i don't the last thing i wanted in the mcu is a character like that i already feel like thor is a little too powerful like i don't want a, an all-powerful character i don't want an all-powerful group of characters either and so i think the thing me. that they did well with thor was that they made him kind of a flawed character and i don't think he is that yeah. flawed in the comics but at least in the movie adaptation they made him kind of like an uncertain character and they they kind of n- didn't neuter him but his own like personal mental afflictions his self-confidence issues and all of that kind of stuff helped offset the fact that he was this all-powerful god if you want to talk about yeah, neutering then you got talk it. about captain marvel she got neutered well she's and she she's another one who you know she's and her her and vision there's a bunch of characters in mcu where that's a struggle for them is this character is too powerful we have to figure something out and they managed to do it but now marvel maybe not so gracefully but yeah i mean they basically said she wasn't around for this but yeah now they're making these all-powerful characters the tentpole of the avengers moving forward it seems like and so like where does that leave people like spider-man and I'm trying to think, right. like, new Hawkeye girl, 
who will get introduced to eventually. Like, where does I mean, it leave those people? N- n- new Captain America isn't even a super soldier. Exactly. Like, what like, chance does he stand to even be a thing? Like, they're basically going to be the sidekicks. And I know they're trying to build up these characters. It's like, oh, they're the new Avengers. But when you have these all-powerful characters, they're going to be relegated to the sidekick role. Because they and, and can't, I, you know, they don't have magical, mystical powers. And I know that the comics have figured out a way to ford this river. I just don't know what it is. And technically, maybe you do. And that might, be, might take too long to explain. But Well, I mean, I think comics just, in general... It's a different I, medium. Yeah. And I, I read DC more than I read Marvel. And I'm not a big comics person. Tectic, obviously, you can tell me that I'm wrong. But from my perception of it is that most superheroes... Like, yes, you do have like your Justice League, you have your Marvel, but at the end of the day, most superheroes have their own individual comic book run and then there's crossover titles. It's not like we're building this character specifically into this universe to culminate in this epic final crossover thing like the movies tend to do like there's still individual runs for all of these heroes where it makes sense like you don't have these type of issues. There's team ups, but you don't have this type of issue constantly. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When you have these absolutely powerful, powerful villains coming up, and then you have these people with no powers fighting, do you want to know how comics book take care of them? They kill them. They go splat. So you so, think Spider-Man's going to die? I've told you Falcon's going to die, and I, and I stick to that. Well, that one tracks, but Spider-Man they're not going to kill. He's much more powerful, significantly more powerful than Falcon. So I think he can but hold his he... own. Is he on the same plane as the Eternals or the Deviants oh, or oh, Galactus? Oh, oh, or goodness, no. <laughs> right. That's kind of the point. That but I, I think, think is they're going to be made. sort of in their own little bubble of a battle in the same vein that the Avengers to Thanos were. Like someone I'm has to be the ground that. team and someone has to go take up like the supernatural yeah. powers. Yeah, I like, guess. like we're talking celestial type beings here. You know, they're not they're They're going to they're going to hold their own. This is going to. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I love the MCU. I love DC Extended Universe. I love how superhero movies have evolved. But don't you guys miss the good old days of like... Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Yes. I yeah. Think. Just, you know, localized, not... Standalone. Why do you yeah, think for the most part movies? Batman doesn't leave Gotham City? And like his right. best comic books are the ones where they're he's focused in Gotham. And he has his rogues gallery of there's no gods. There's no and yes, yeah, guys. I know he leaves like in the Justice League and all that stuff. He has these super powerful beings. I know that, but the best comics are where he doesn't leave Gotham. Yeah. So yeah, Marvel's Eternals, November fifth, twenty twenty one, is what came up on Google. Hopefully that one's right. Directed by Chloe Zhao, who did Nomadland, which I recently watched, and starring a lot of famous people whose names we already said. So be on the lookout for that. Let us know if you share our concerns. Because I think that's what, a lot of what we just talked about was concerns, but it should be something either way. What are, what have we been up to? What I'm I'm actually I'm going to go first this week because I want to talk about the Friends reunion. I did watch the Friends reunion. It came out yesterday. Not Is it good? It's, a, it's worth watching. It's a little like it's tough because first of all, I'm a casual Friends fan at best. Like I've probably seen most of the episodes, but. A, I don't know that I've seen all of them end to end. And B, like, I'm not, I'm not a diehard. I understand a lot of the references and, you know, I've, there's certain episodes I've seen many times, but like, I'm not a diehard fan. It was cool. There were good parts and bad parts. It was, it's a two, it's two hours long. So it's, it's kind of manages to be a mixed bag considering how long it is. I do not like James Corden. 
I am willing to go on record. I actually hate James Corden. And he was like the wow. host. He was like the MC. I hate James you Corden. You know who didn't age well, by the way? None of them did. If oh, you want to get into that, amazingly. she has aged maybe the worst. No way. Uh, I thought Chandler watched aged the, reunion, the worst. He aged poorly. With him, it's the drugs. With him, it's it's a lot of it is the heavy drug use he's, he's gone through. Person who, I'll tell you who aged maybe the best. Lisa Kudrow aged pretty well. David Schwimmer aged very well. Matt LeBlanc is fine, but he looks like he just looks like someone's dad. Can, you, can like, you call them their friends' fine. names? Joey. Joey looks like someone's dad. Like it, the the way the reunion is structured is they all they walk in individually, like one at a time, and they walk into the set. They set they reset up like the whole set of. You the said two Ross aged well. Ross aged well. Phoebe aged well, and Joey aged okay. The other I always three, thought Phoebe was going to age well. Like Jennifer Aniston. wine. I know she, like, we shouldn't, like, this is very, like, surface it's, it's, level. But Jennifer yeah. Aniston is, I'll say it, she's banging. We just watched her on Morning Show. She, she said looked it. good. She said it. She does not look good. Watch the reunion. That's all I'm going to say. She does not look good. Uh, she doesn't look as bad as Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox looks like she's not even human anymore. A, lo- a lot of this is Hollywood has unreasonable beauty standards, particularly for women. I think a lot of the reason that, you know, Courtney Cox looks the way she does, which is crazy, is because she's had a lot of work done. And Jennifer Aniston, you could say the same thing. Lisa Kudrow has aged with grace and it shows. To me, that's the difference maker. Matthew Perry looks pretty bad, but again, with him, I think it's just like, the, there's like, there's whole seasons of that show he doesn't even remember making for the, I'm sorry to be bearing this news. To, no, it's pills. I'm sorry if I'm like bearing this news to someone and they're like devastated to know this about Matthew Perry. I had no idea he had a drug issue. He pretty publicly, yeah, he has a, he has, he had a, he's sober now, but he for many years had a, had a drug issue. He said, I think he said seasons three through six, he doesn't even remember. Holy, because he was just he was just high the whole time. It's fun though, like it's there's parts of it that feel scripted. Uh, ostensibly, it's not scripted, but there's parts of it that feel very scripted, like they're talking about. It's all pitched as like these six people have not been in the same room together for 17 years. And yet they're talking about how much they love each other and how close they are and how they just fall back into their old ways of being so close. And I don't buy that because if they were if they were that close and if they were actually that I disagree. Tight knit. Yeah, I I buy that. I have I have friends that I grew up with that I haven't seen in in years that if I'm in the same room with them, it's. We, I could fall back right back in where we left off. No, I, I buy the falling back into it thing, but I don't buy them saying, like, if you're that close, and it, oh, let me put it this way, if you're that close and you have millions upon millions of dollars like all these people do, you would find a way to all six of you be in the same room <laughs> sometime in the past 17 years. So and, and, and they kind of lean on that a lot as a continued narrative throughout the reunion of like, you guys haven't seen each other for 17 years and you're all so close and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, if they, I, it's just a little knacky voice while I was watching the whole thing. It's like, if they were that close, they would have had dinner together once in 17 years. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the hugest Friends fan in the world, but like I've definitely seen where they were able to get like four or five of them together, but one of them had a scheduling conflict with filming something or other I like i totally get that i mean they they can heavily lean on the fact that all of them haven't been in the room together but that's not saying that they haven't seen each other in like small chunks just because they all weren't there at the same time it's 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 worth watching they go through a lot of old clips and a lot of old bloopers and it's really fun to watch uh there's some archival footage that i hadn't even seen before 
you know, there's a lot of like cameos and, and fun guest spots and stuff that they just in their reminiscence, it's it's worth watching. If you even if you're a casual fan, it's it's cool to watch. I would recommend it. Past that, we watched Woman in the Window, and that was pretty bad. <laughs> I don't. We don't have to get into that one because I've already taken up a bunch of time in my update. But my mom literally texted me, and she usually that one. she usually doesn't like. We'll we'll catch up and she'll give me the rundown on what they've been watching and stuff, but she'll never go out of the way at like 10 at night to text me something that she's watched. And I literally got a text the one night. It was like maybe 1030 and it was just an all caps. Do not watch woman in the window. And I was like, oh, that must be bad. I get what it was trying to do, but it was it was just poorly done. It was just poorly done through and through. It was manipulative like, I don't even know if the movie was bad or because it's based on a book. I think the book is also bad and it shouldn't have ever been made into a movie. Anyways, I'll, be, I'll leave it at that. Because there's also, if I talk more about it, I'll also spoil stuff. It's one of those things. But I seed, I seed my time. Tactic, how's it going over there? So I have a couple different updates. I love experimenting with food. And so I bought a dehydrator. And I had recently experimented with cherry tomatoes fresh from my garden and bananas not fresh from my garden and my goodness if you ever get the opportunity to just dehydrate things one it's fantastic for storing without worrying about you know it it going bad or anything but two it for fruit it adds that nice sweetness to it it makes it almost like a like a healthy snack like like it feels like i'm eating candy i was like holy cow is this candy and then for like t- things like tomatoes, it's it's a fantastic garnish for like throwing into a pasta primavera and things like that. So I 150% say dehydrate your stuff, folks, especially at the end of summer when you're starting to get overwhelmed with all the vegetables from your garden. It's another opportunity to preserve and keep things into the winter. The other thing, and Nerd Bomber is going to jump in on this with me at some point, is we watched... Cruella. Oh, yeah. And by gosh, was it fantastic. Really? That good, huh? Yeah. I, I, I We were actually discussing what what kind of movies we would kind of say that it was mushed together and be described at. And I believe we came down to The Devil's Wears Prada. Never seen it. Well, I mean, that primarily for like the fashion, obviously, Cruella Deville was a fashion designer, so there's a lot of like that fashion industry aspect of and it, and that snark that that goes with it, and even like that protege mentor sort of interaction and relationship is really heavily a big right. chunk of the movie. Also, like there's a lot of heist aspect because I mean, there's and I don't want to like give any spoilers. The movie literally just came out, but there's some like heisty aspects that I would compare sort of to like in Ocean's Eleven. Like there's a, you know, a squad and they have to figure out a way to pull off a heist sort of deal. Are and they stealing I, dogs? <laughs> Are they there, stealing there, dogs? There's a lot of different heisting. There's, there's okay. heists. And it's good. Just that means and then yes. there's like, there's like that, that joker i but i wouldn't even compare it to joker one of the things that i saw a lot of comparisons that this was like a disney joker movie and there were aspects like in terms of a disney well, she's an movie anti- she, people see her as an anti basically you watch so, her right. slip into into this mad but this i wouldn't even role, call but... it like madness is the thing like she wasn't as bad as the joker 
Like there, there was just nothing that was as bad as the Joker. If anything, I we were talking about her, this after it's, we it's, finished. It's, it's, it's more like, like Harley Quinn, where she's not even crazy. She's just like cunning and figures out ways to get what she wants. She yeah, it's like it's like unchecked first, ambition is what I would first say. The first two thirds of the movie, I I would say it's slipping into madness. But in the last third, I'd say she finds herself. So I could see the Joker comparison in that point. But in the end, I I think she always kind of after the fact she kind of knows who she is and where she belongs and what she's got to do so now it's just a woman with a purpose and like the the fun thing about this too was i mean if you watch the joker and this is why i don't think it was a really good comparison you watch the joker and like you feel for the joker but you don't like the joker right. you watch cruella well, some people did but that's a whole nother discussion but he's not really but you like, like him as you like don't a pity for him. It's a pity like yeah like you feel bad for him but you're not rooting for him to meet his end goals you watch cruella and you want her to succeed like it she becomes a very likable anti-hero and i enjoyed it as someone who really loved 101 dalmatians and cruella Deville was just this evil person who wanted to steal and kill puppies I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I'm not out here saying that it was a 100% like 10 out of 10 movie because it's very rare that you find a movie like that. But I think Rotten Tomatoes is sitting around like a 75% critic score and like a 90% audience score. And I would say that's pretty spot on. It does make us want to rewatch 101 Dalmatians just to verify the continuity of it, that it makes sense. Because it did make me feel uneasy in that aspect of how did... How did we get from from there to what we saw as children? And 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 I want to make sure that I understand that. So that's sort of a blur still, in my and opinion. Like, some of that continuity isn't going to be there because, if I remember correctly, the animated show was set like that movie was set early. It was like early London, and this was set more in like the eighties. Yeah. So I could definitely see. And they kind of set it up to almost a live roll action into reboot. a live action reboot if they want to. Which makes sense. Which would make a lot of sense, but it would also be really difficult because they did manage to make Cruella someone you kind of want to root for. Like, she's kind of likable. But they've also shown that she can easily slip into madness. So that's how you can leverage that reboot side of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a- overall, it's it's a good movie. And there's a lot of like twisty, turny things you don't 100% expect. And it kind of turns some of the preconceptions of who Cruella DeVille is as a person on their head. And I think it, what they set out to do here was very successful. And it was basically wicked. Exactly. And... In terms of like the cinematic effect, it was a very colorful movie. I'm not really into fashion, but I could appreciate the fashion aspects of it. It was just, it was a really well done movie. There were action aspects too that were really fun. And I I feel like this was a good blockbuster return for movies, in my opinion. I will probably watch it. I'm so gun shy after Mulan. I have to be honest. I don't want to open that one. You'll again, like it much better than this Mulan. This is way better than Mulan. I was very, it was okay with Mulan. I could not be more skeptical going into this. I mean, it's because of Mulan. And I know, I hear what you're this, saying. With but this, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it was fantastic. Like, it, this was, it's a completely different feel. Like, this isn't trying to be a, it's not trying to be like a heartfelt sort of like tentpole movie. It feels like someone was just Edgier. like, hey, this would be a really fun, edgy project. We have Emma Stone. Let's make this happen. And they did. Plus, considering a lot of your What Are You Up To Wednesday updates and the shows you watch, you'll like this. 
And Emma Thompson is a freaking gem. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but man, can that lady act her butt off. And I think she outvillained the main villain. Do you guys know that Emma Stone's real name is Emily, by the way? Just wanted to throw that in there. I, I didn't know that. I learned that the other day. Figured I would just, you know, because she's kind of involved in this. Did you know that Anyways. Winnie the Pooh's real name is Winston Pooh? <laughs> I did not. Is that real? That's basically that what fake. you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Nerd Bomber, anything else to add to your update this week? The other thing that I did want to add, I haven't been able to play games because I sprained my wrist, so I've been kind of laying off because it's hard to hold a controller, but I did blow through The Girl on the Train, which is a book I picked up back in like 2016 or yeah, 17. I, it's I old. stopped reading that one. I got a few chapters in and it was just too depressing, so I stopped. It, it's one of those books and like it was a page turner in that it was a quick read. And it didn't take me that long to read. Like it was something that I, I think I read in like a day or two. And so it didn't take me that long. But the none of the characters are likable. And the main character is a complete mess. Yeah. Book. The most and unreliable narrator in the history of narrators. So essentially, just, like, a lot of the here? book is just her being drunk and not being able to remember and if you look at the book and i I was reading reviews online after i finished the book because i went into this and a lot of people were like oh this is a great mystery novel and i had called the twist like probably a quarter of the way into the book probably even before that and i was like this was not a great mystery novel because i solved it and it just took a long time to get there to confirm that i was right if you look at it from the standpoint of like what an alcoholic goes through. It was a very compelling, I think, look into what that sort of like life is like, you know, wanting to get better, kind of bumbling through your own life and not really finding a means to do it. From that aspect, very well written. From a mystery aspect, eh. So it was like- I don't remember if I figured it out. I just remember being like, this is a waste of time because- we're only going to learn things when the main character is not drunk and that's just the whim of the author and it just it just did bother me so i just it was like i would give it a solid two and a half because like i said i think books that show the struggles of people who have issues with addiction and mental health and all that stuff i think those are very important to read but from a mystery standpoint it was a big letdown so solid two and a half incidentally woman in the window kind of a similar situation by the way it's like that's not much of a spoiler but ever since gone girl came out i feel like there's a slew of these books that are basically gone girl is it should does not belong in the same categories no those things but like gone girl came out and was such a hit and there are so many of these books that kind of try to copycat where they have girl or woman in the title and they can't pull it off well i was you'd also mention uh girl with the dragon tattoo in that category i did i no, I said you should. Oh. Girl um, with the Dragon Tattoo was very different, though. Oh, but it has girl in the title. <laughs> yeah, but like that whole series. It was also was way different. earlier, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was different. Anyways, duly noted. <laughs> Basically, yeah. don't waste your time. Find another book this summer. So, Woman in the Window, no. Girl on the Train, no. Take from that what you will. That brings us to quiz time. And it's, it's Nerd Bomber show this week. And Nerd we're Nerd all Nerd. about hot dogs. I'm not going to win. You love hot dogs, though. Not with that attitude. I'm I'm judging it based on my track record. Hey, you never know. 
So I'm seven and two, Nerd Bomber seven and two, Tactic four and four. He's he's hunting for a win here. We're going into this is coming off the heels of Memorial Day weekend, which is kind of like the start of hot dog season in the United States of America. If you are an American listener, it hot may be hot dog season worldwide year round. But like questions that try to deter people from eating hot dogs, like how many different body parts, and the answer is ten thousand. No, actually, I think I found ones that were pretty interesting. So I'm very excited about this. I also, I have five questions, but some of them have like two furs in them. So there's a lot of opportunity to redeem yourself in this quiz. So I'm very excited. We will start, we'll give Tactic a little bit of an advantage since he's losing. So for the first question, Illegal will answer first and Tactic will follow up and then we'll go back and forth. This is again, Price is Right style as we usually do. And the first question, what is the average weight of a fully loaded baseball park hot dog vendor's bin in pounds a bin in pounds fully loaded uh, with wieners baseball like vendor like the guy who's going up and down the seats saying hot dog get your hot dog that guy yes like, sir okay <laughs> 80 pounds you said 80 80 he's carrying he's well he's doing l- it, let me let me ask that uh, a follow-on question does that include drinks and beers. It says hot dog vendor. I, Just hot I don't, dog. Yeah, uh, I didn't get into specifics. It said hot dog vendor. I thought it was a cool. So question. while eighty is a good guess, I think it's a bust. I'm going to go with thirty pounds due to ergonomic constraints that that the employers might have. Yeah, I probably went too high. The more I think about it. Yeah, eighty pounds would make for a jacked hot dog vendor. Tectic gets this point. The average weight is forty pounds. So forty pounds of delicious I, hot dogs. I went ahead and doubled it. At that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So far, so good. Now this next one is a twofer, and this is centered around Joey Chestnut, who is a famous professional eater. He is yeah. very well known for a lot of world records that he holds in eating contests, and specifically also hot dogs. So again, this one is twofold. What is his record for most hot dogs eaten in 10 minutes? And when did he set this record? You said 10 minutes. Yes. I need to math this out. So 10 minutes is 600 seconds. That's right. Thank you. Uh, So far, so good. And I think (laughs) he would have a cadence of one hot dog every five seconds. So whatever 600 divided by five is. 120 hot dogs. Let's go with that. 120 hot dogs. And the date? And the date. This was this was this was not very long ago, but but not not too far ago. I'm gonna say nineteen ninety eight. Okay. You're way too early on the date. I think you're I think the number is is pretty close. I think it's gonna be less. I'm gonna say eighty. And this happened in like I'm going to just in order to not bust, I'm going to say 2008, but I'm thinking I'm thinking it's after that. So only one point is awarded here. You both busted on the number of hot dogs. He ate 75 Nathan's famous hot dogs in 10 minutes. So close. Yeah, you were really close. You're only five off. This also includes the buns because in hot dog eating contests, you also eat the buns. But illegal, you did get the point for the date. He actually set that record last year, July 4th, 2020. There you go. Oh. Who knew? Even during COVID times, he was pounding hot dogs. Pounding hot dogs. What else are you going to do, right? Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's all tied up right now. One to one. We have another two part question, though. So lots of points up for grabs here. What was the length in feet of the world's longest hot dog? And how many people consumed this hot dog? Oh, that's gross. Ugh. Uh, length in feet. It was 80 feet. I'm not just liking that number a lot. 80 feet. And it was consumed by 67 people. No, no. 57 people. All right. So a hot dog is limited by the length of its casing. Its casing is limited by a length of, let's say, an intestine. Assuming it's not, assuming it's all natural casings um, and not synthetic. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I, 80 feet, I feel, how long is an intestine? Are, can't, are intestines like 200 feet? I'm going to go 81 feet. Playing dirty. How many people? I think it's lower. What did you guess, Illegal? 57. I think it's, I think it's lower. I'm going to guess one. All right. You're splitting the points here, guys. Technic gets the length of the longest hot dog. It was 668 feet, so he gets a point for that. It was actually made by Novex SA and served at the Expo Feria 2011 in Paraguay. On July 15th, 2011, it was then cut into 2,000 portions and given out to guests to enjoy. So Illegal then gets the point for the number of guests. I really wanted one guy moving. just going to town on it. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even close, basically. So, okay, so I'm still down by a point then, right? Or no, are we tied? No, it's no, tied up tied. again, two to two. I have Good. two more questions. These are not two furs. It's still anybody's game here. This one is a really fun day, or a really fun one. What a fun day, though. You <laughs> know, is, you know hot great. dog day is a very fun day. It's good to be here. So as I mentioned, peak hot dog season runs from Memorial Day to Labor Day in America. How many hot dogs per second on average are consumed during that time? And tactic is first this time because he one-upped me last, last turn. Per second. I'm going to go 600 per second. That's way too high. I'm going to go with one just because I'm pretty sure that's too high. Tactic takes it. <sighs> Americans typically consume 7 billion hot dogs between Memorial Day to Labor Day, which is about 818 hot dogs every second Jeez. during that period. Badasses. <laughs> I would have never got I would have never gotten that. Your guess was really good. That is a lot of hot dogs. Well, I know how many I consume per second. 818? 2. <laughs> wow. Every every second between Memorial Day and Labor Day, he's just constantly wolfing and I even have dogs. crowd on my dogs. Oof. This is the final question. It's three this. to two. Illegal could tie it up and then force me to look up another question on the spot. Tactics, spare me that misery. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, LA residents, Los Angeles, City of Angels, they consume more hot dogs than any other city, beating out New York and Philadelphia. Wow, really? How many pounds of hot dogs do they consume? In per what year? amount of time per, per year? year? Seven billion hot dogs in one summer across the country. Twelve million pounds. All right. So keep in mind, you got one hot dog vendor carrying forty pounds, and there's seven billion. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> across america and they're the most amongst 50 states 
So the most can be, if it can be as low as 2%, right? Because if, if it's 100%, you'd have to have everyone at least divided by two. No, they would be 3% to be the most. This is a lot of math going right? on here. So what's 3% of 7 billion? Mm. I, I, his thought process is pretty good. He's probably going to get me here. That's a lot of zeros. My iPhone calculator does not even go up that high. Remember, though, this is hot dogs do not equal pounds. I don't know why I'm helping you, but... What was your guess? 12 million pounds. My calculator is saying... Oh, that's in pounds. So that's how many hot dogs. Right. It's 210 million. But that's... How much does a hot dog weigh? Probably half a pound. I'm going to go 105 million. Oh, boy. So... It's 30 million pounds, which means Tactic busted. Illegal gets the point. It's a tie game. I'm over here. I am Googling. Wait, what was it? 30 million? Yes. Yeah. Uh, So what do they weigh? An eighth of a pound for my math to work? (laughs) For your math to work, yeah. (laughs) One second. Well, here we are. I want to know how much a hot dog weighs now. Anticipation is killing me. This is going to be a text in, I assume. There's too much writing on this. This is definitely going to be a text in. I'll get my phone ready. Okay. Me and so, Nerdbomber's text history is six, just trivia five, seventy-eight hundred. <laughs> it's because I just I use Discord, so texting is like very weird yeah. to me. Okay. Are you guys ready? I'm ready to By go. By the way, a hot dog is point one pounds, so it actually worked out with my math. My math was spot on. Weirdly enough. <laughs> How many grams of protein are in a standard beef hot dog? This is like the average. I know there's different brands, but this website is giving me an average for a standard beef hot dog. I have texted my answer. Wow. Okay. So, Tactic blew his lead. He said there are 40 grams of protein in a hot dog. That is. Tactic, do you know what? Oh, God. (laughs) That is more than a single (laughs) scoop of protein powder for reference, Tactic. Um, illegal said five, which is closer to the actual answer, which is seven grams of protein. So we have a winner. Illegal one, four to three. It was very close. Tactic, you almost, you almost had it until you overestimated the amount of protein in a hot dog. (laughs) Okay, well, I moved to eight and two. What brand of hot dog are we talking? My swole hot dogs? Call them (laughs) swole dogs. Actually, you know what. Everybody listening on air right now, we're patenting the, the protein hot dog. No, they're there called we go. dogs. Technics hot dogs, just full swole protein dogs. powder. There's no meat. It's just protein powder in, a, in, a, in an intestine. <laughs> well, uh, I'm at eight and two. Tactic hanging free at, at, at four and four. I don't know what to say. I, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, ha- happy to, to host next week's quiz. Looking forward to being back here, seeing all of you or your hearing from all of you on Twitter and and seeing you back here next week. We thank you so much for listening. We thank uh, you for continuing to support the show if you do and uh, continuing to spread the word because yeah, keep on doing that. Tell like call up if you played sports in high school, call up your old coach. Call your hot dog vendor at your little league field. Go over there. Be like, play this in the snack shack. Call Orville Redenbacher, like the corporate (laughs) line, but see if you can get put through to, to the guy. And just talk to him about it. Just tell just tell your friends. Orville Rod, Orville Redenbacher is everybody's friend. And we'll we'll see you next week.